Launched in 2010, GreenRope CRM marketing automation with some other tools like LMSs built in around it. Team of 22 people bootstrapped, which I love, serving about 3,000 customers, mainly via a reseller channel. Those resellers typically charge 250 bucks a month. He's keeping anywhere between 30 and 50%, so call it minimum 75 bucks per month per customer, doing about two, north of 225 grand per month today. That's about 20% year over year. Uh, healthy growth, economics, really healthy too. Less than 1% logo churn per month. It's sticky once it's fully integrated. When they do spend directly to acquire customer they'll spend maybe 800 bucks to get 250 bucks a month in revenue so call it a four to five month payback period team is totally remote Hello, everyone. My guest today is Lars Helgeson. He uh, started in the internet marketing space in 2000 when he co-founded one of the world's first email service providers, Cooler Email. As a pioneer in responsible email marketing, he grew that company into a global software company specializing in marketing communication with over 1,500 clients. In 2010, after spending several years designing and implementing a more comprehensive way to meet the needs of small and mid-sized businesses, he founded Green Rope, a cloud-based platform that simplifies and consolidates the company's sales, marketing, and operations. The company currently provides tech solutions to over 3,000 companies worldwide. Lars, are you ready to take us to the top? Absolutely. All right. So just to be clear, Green Rope, it's not a consulting company. It's pure play SaaS, right? That's correct. Okay, good. So when you say provides tech solutions to 3,000 companies worldwide, you have 3,000 people paying for your CRM SaaS product. That's right. Yeah, exactly. Very good. All right. So so most people are familiar with CRM. Anything you want to add in terms of unique things you do differently? Well, I think I think the definition of CRM is kind of what people do differently. If you ask 10 people what CRM means to them, you'll probably get 10 different answers because people have different experiences with different platforms. And a lot of people think of it as a sales tool. But if you really think about what a relationship looks like, it's bigger than just a sales relationship. You've got all different kinds of marketing, customer service, interactions with the customers before, during and after the closing process. So you know, whether you're doing a B2B sale or a B2C type of uh, interaction, you've still got a fairly complex relationship to model. And what we want to do is have all of that relationship in one single platform and not requiring a lot of separate integrations. Mm -hmm. Interesting. And uh, when you look at kind of your pricing model you've chosen, what's the average SMB paying per month for the product, would you say? On average, it's about $250 a month. Um, We do not charge per user, which is very different from the way most CRMs You mean per seat? Correct. Yeah, correct. Don't charge per seat. So it's all based on contacts. So the more contacts you have, and with that, we have unlimited emailing, web analytics, uh, landing pages, everything that you could do. We, we open up our system to be unlimited because we want companies to be able to scale and grow in a very predictable manner. Yep. And that's, that's 250 per month or per year? Per month. Per month. I mean, can I multiply that by 3000? You're doing about 750 grand a month right now in revenue? Um, no, because a lot of our clients come to us through a reseller channel. So it's the other thing that we do that's very different where we sell and the majority of our customers actually come through us that way, where we will white label or private label our platform. And as a result, we, we take a, a small percentage so that the other companies, our resellers can then go after their channels and sell to those individually. Okay. So what percentage so, do you usually keep? Um, it's, it's roughly like, like 30 to 50% depending on the relationship. Okay. So if we take kind of wor- or lowest case, lowest revenue for you, these guys are selling it for an average 250 bucks kind of per logo. And then you're essentially keeping 30% of that or about 75 bucks. Yeah. So we will take, we keep a yeah, 30 to 50% roughly. Yeah. So 75 bucks would be the worst case on 250 bucks. Is that right? Right. right. Yeah. Okay. So, and look, the reason I'm doing that is I want to get kind of a minimum MRR. So 3000 times 75 instead of times 250 would put you at 225 grand a month instead of 750 a month. Is that generally accurate? 
Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Okay. So we're north of that, but yeah, exactly. That's, that's great. And um, help me understand growth. So a year ago, where were you? Um, it's been pretty organic. Uh, I've never taken seed funding. It's always been from the revenue that we've generated and we've kept the company small. How many and people? Really, we're only 22 people. Oh, great. And where's everyone based remote? Yeah, everyone's remote. So we have a, a virtual, a virtual company. We've been doing it that way since the very beginning. And, um, it allows us to be very nimble and agile and, you know, come up with what the the product that really best serves our market in combination with um, really good customer service. And if you look us up online, you'll see that one of the things everyone raves about is how good customer service is when they work with us. And, and when it comes to CRM, it's a very complex product. Um, you know, in any business, it doesn't matter what you're doing, relationships can be complicated and you need help. You, you know, you want to know that if you buy off on some software that you're not going to be forced to go it on, go it on your own or have to hire a consultant for however many hundred dollars an hour um, to just to make the CRM work. And so we, we work very hard to make it easy and walk people through the strategic side as well as the actual implementation side. And again, when we look at growth rates, so if you're doing north of 225 today per month, what were you doing about a year ago and call it October 2017? Um, I, I think we're, we're on track for about a 20% growth, 20, 25% growth. So it's not, we're not in hockey stick mode, you know? Well, yeah, but you also are bootstrapped. You also own more of the company, right? Which is great. Um, yeah, yeah, so look, 20% growth would mean you were doing call it maybe 180 K per month about a year ago. Now you're north of 225. Does that sound about right? Yeah. Yeah. And, and where's most of that growth coming from? Is it just signing up more resellers or something else? It's a combination. People come to us directly um, and create their own accounts directly. And then we also have people that come to us um, and, uh, you know, sign up through resellers. So resellers tend to be bigger relationships where we'll partner with somebody who's got a channel and they'll private label our software. And whether they're an agency or they're a consulting firm or a thought leader in a space who wants to offer the product to their channel, then it gives them a way to do a lot of recurring revenue and really cement the relationship between them and their channel because everyone needs CRM. Yep. And if, if it's their CRM, then it really, it really creates a bond between them and the, and the client. Are you, um, are, are all those kind of, I guess you're paying out between 50 and 70% to each reseller cause you're keeping 30 to 50. Um, is that in perpetuity? It is, it is. So there's no, there's no way for you to buy out that revenue stream, even if you pay them 12 months up front or anything like that. Well, we don't want to um, because we want them to really own the relationship. And that's that's the, the real advantage that they have by licensing our technology is that then they get the, op- the opportunity to reach out to their channel, offer them software that really speaks to what their channel really needs because everyone's going to need a, a CRM and a marketing platform. And if they can, if they can offer that to those, to their customers, their customers are going to want to stay with them. So we don't want to buy out that channel because we want them to continue to grow their business running on our technology. And that's, it's sort of a a fundamental difference between the way a lot of SaaS companies work, where they think in terms of how can I grow my business very quickly and flip it and make a multiple and move on to the next thing. I've been doing this now for 18 years and it's about creating a sustainable revenue model, creating technology that really is, is valuable for the end user in perpetuity. Yeah. And Lars, I would argue just to be just in all fairness. Uh, I, I would argue people are not always looking, they're always looking to grow fast. They're not always looking to go flip it and make a buck tomorrow. No, you're absolutely right. You're right. Not everybody is, but it's a common thing in our space that people envision entrepreneurs as people who start businesses 
and then get a bunch of customers. And then it, once the daily active users number hits a certain amount, they get a certain multiple and they walk away with a, a certain. Multiple. Yeah, I mean, daily and, active user would be kind of consumer space. I'd say it's obviously different in a SaaS space. But look, once you raise VC, your contract changes, right? There's what you have to generate a return. So you're bootstrapped. You don't have to do that. I, I totally get it. Uh, that being said, you still want to grow faster, right? If you believe in your product and you're making more revenue, it means you can hire more people and make the product more valuable, right? So I don't buy the argument that, you know, you wouldn't want to grow faster if you could find ways to do it. Well, it depends on how people want to scale their business. I want to make sure that the company stays small and focused on our customer base and that we can, as we scale, we don't sacrifice the quality of product and quality of customer service. And if we're able to do that gradually and organically without sacrificing the end, you know, it's, it's challenging running a virtual company with, with people that are scattered all over the world. Um, the majority of us are in the United States, but you know, it's, it's, um, growing and scaling has to be done very carefully and methodically to make sure that there is no loss of quality of experience. Yeah, no, listen, I, I agree with all of that, but true or false, if you had a hundred extra engineers today, yes, it would be painful to onboard them, but once they were yeah. onboarded, you can make a significantly more valuable product, right? With a hundred extra engineers, you, I, I, yeah. you could try and argue me on that, but I'm going to push back really, really hard. Well, if you consider that our product has been built by six engineers and all of the things it can do, and you compare it to companies like HubSpot or Salesforce that have a thousand times our, our size, I would argue that their software is fairly better. Um, it's not, I'm not saying that, that it's bad, but I'm not saying that because you have, I won't, I, won't, I won't say that a company that has a thousand engineers is better than one with five or six, because I would argue that I'm our not using the word better because it's very subjective. I'm saying you can definitely create more value. The, the, the 1% increases you can make drastically increase if you have more engineers. Your roadmap velocity will drastically increase. And if you are, as a CEO, are putting in the right roadmap, you're create, you should be able to create more value with more engineers. Yeah, yeah. That, I mean, there's, there's something to be said about that. Yeah, but it's, it's always not, it's not a linear scale. 100 engineers will not give you 100 times the performance. No, no, I, I definitely did not say that. I'm saying incrementally, though, you can create, you can knock out more integrations faster, or you can push product, you can do more customization for your white label partners faster, all kinds of stuff. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely so, true. So, so describe, just as we wrap up, describe, uh, you know, churn's critical on a SaaS company. What's your churn today and how do you manage it? Um, churn is really about value. Um, when a company sees that they can use your platform and it creates positive ROI and it helps a company run more efficiently, then they're going to stay with it. CRM is very sticky. Um, our churn rate is very low, partially because of the user experience, but partially because it's such an integrated product. When you have the same software that's running your sales, your marketing, your customer service, your events, your, um, you know, your, your, your element, your learning, your Lars, sorry, before, before you tell me why though, tell me how low it is and then tell me why you've been able to keep it that low. So are we talking like 2% logo churn per month or North or South or what? But way below that one, it fluctuates between like 0.9 and 1.1 or 1.2, depending on the month. Okay. So and that's, and just to be clear, that's revenue churn. That's logo churn, not revenue churn. Correct. Correct. Um, and you know, and, and it's really focused on, it's partially its service. It's making sure that people can get answers when they need, when they have questions. It's providing a complete set of videos, tools, webinars, everything that people can use to learn from and get deeper. It's having a certification program so that people can really get involved and understand both strategically and tactically how to make a CRM and a marketing automation platform work. 
And then um, a lot of it is just making sure that we get everyone using the whole platform. It's the same software for using it for, for sales, whether you're doing B2B or B2C, whether you're doing marketing automation, whether you're doing uh, modeling of customer journeys throughout the entire process through forms and landing pages. And, um, you know, we've got an LMS built in. We've got a knowledge-based What's management. What's an LMS? Learning management. So, um, and we do project management. So, you know, all of that is in one single platform. And when you have all of that combined, it means that you don't need to hire engineers to do the integration work. And the devil is always in the details when it comes to that. The integration is why our total cost of ownership is always less than, than 10% of what our competitors do, because you don't have to do integration. If you're going to try and pull a marketing automation system into a CRM and then try to combine event management, project management, knowledge management, learning management, all the other things that go with that. That's where your costs start to scale out of the, out of the park. And that's yeah, why Lars, we, just to be clear, I have to be devil's advocate, though. There are people that you compete with directly who are massive companies, bootstrapped or that have raised capital in each of those unique spaces. And they're not as diluted as you. They've got six engineers focused on one thing to make it more valuable versus seven things. So, ha- I mean, how do you manage that? Well, I mean, the devil, the proof is in the pudding. When people log on and they use our platform and they compare them, they'll pick us. And the question is, just because you have six engineers and make a fuller featured product doesn't necessarily make it a better product. You might create features that nobody cares about or uses. We want to make something that addresses over 90% of the market. And yeah. that's where our strength is. Yeah, but I mean, Lars, I'm asking that question because like there are, I can there are, I have a list in front of me, other bootstrap companies that play in the same exact space that are, boot, again, bootstrapped that are, do one of those things really well and have 10 or 11 times your revenue. Right. So, so like assuming that the product roadmap is accurate, there are products. If you measure just based on how many customers they've signed up that are adding more value than what yours is, what you're saying is the reason our churn so low is because they integrate to all things at once. And all I'm asking is, how do you make sure you don't get eroded by point solution players over time? Um, well, when people log in and they create their accounts, um, they don't leave. That's, I mean, that's really the, the simplest, the simple answer. We don't have an issue with, um, people leaving our platform, if they're using a, a project management system, they don't need to go to Basecamp or use or Asana or, or Jira. I mean, if they want to use um, a learning management system, yeah, there are more capable LMSs out there on the market. But when we're able to address over 90% of the market, then we are able to satisfy what their requirements are. And so that's that's really how we work is to, is to scale out and really support what our customers really need. And so I don't I don't really, I don't like to play. I mean, obviously there's always going to be some comparison, um, but really it's about what do our clients need? And, you know, you might go in and say, yeah, Basecamp has some features that we don't have. Uh, and that's, and that's okay. Does that really matter to our customer? If it does, then they'll go and use that point solution and, and set up an integration. If it doesn't, then there's no point in them spending all the extra time and energy and money in going after a separate point solution just to do all the work it takes to integrate that back to the CRM. Sure. Again, it's not just your current customers. It's it's someone who wants to buy a tool like this and they compare both things and they go, oh, you know what? I chose Basecamp. You have no idea what your lost opportunity cost is from people that never hit your, one of your lead forms or your onboarding because they went you know, to Basecamp first. And that, that's really what I'm that's really what I'm trying to quantify and, and understand how you think about is is is, again, that potentially lost opportunity cost because you're doing seven things at once. Yeah, I mean, it's it's really we focus on ourselves being as a CRM and a marketing automation platform. 
those other things are useful things that most other businesses need. But but ultimately, we go after the CRM and marketing automation market. That's what we. That's where we go. And as the, this is where this is where we focus because the CRM really is the core of all of those relationships. There will be other, you know, take taking project management as an example. There may be other solutions out there that are better suited for the company, in which case then we work with them to set up that integration point. But we are a CRM first and a marketing automation platform first. And when you start looking at the other things, if we're able to meet the requirements, then that's great. And if not, then we work with, through an integration with them. We're on Zapier and, you know, doing all the things to make things easier. Uh, um, idea is how do we how do we really address the client's needs? That's what our focus is on. Yep. Let's wrap up here, Lars, with the famous five number one. What's your favorite business book? Um, aside from my own CRM for dummies. Yep. Because <laughs> it took me a year to write. <laughs> um, I would say probably Crossing the Chasm. Yeah, Jeffrey Moore. That's a good one. Number two, is there a CEO you're following or studying right now? Uh, Elon Musk. Uh, number three, what's your favorite online tool for building your business besides your own? Um, well, it's probably the one we use the most is Google Analytics um, or Google uh, Google AdWords. So, number no, wait, hold on. So, what are you using AdWords on? Do you use that to attract resellers or direct customers? Oh, interesting. So, if mm -hmm. you sign up, uh, if you sign up direct a two hundred fifty dollar a month customer, what what is your CAC when you are using a paid channel? Uh, I think it well it fluctuates from month to month, but it varies between about eight hundred and twelve hundred a month or twelve hundred. Sorry, to acquire the customer. Okay, got it. So eight hundred bucks a month to get two hundred fifty bucks a month in revenue. So call it like a five month payback, something like that. About that, yeah. Interesting. That's really interesting. Okay, good. Um, sorry, where were we here? Uh, number four. How many hours of sleep do you get every night? Uh, it varies between five and eight. Okay, we'll call it six and a half there. And what's your situation? Married, single, kiddos. Single, no kids, except a dog. I have a, I have a first son. He travels with you or she? Uh, not to Europe, but okay. uh, around the U.S., yeah. That's good. And Lars, how old are you? 46. 46. Last question. What do you wish your 20-year-old self knew? Um, I don't know. I kind of like going through life not knowing all the answers and figuring things out as I go. Exploring can be fun. There you guys have it from Lars. Launched in 2010, Green Rope CRM, marketing automation with some other tools like LMSs built in around it. Team of 22 people bootstrapped, which I love, serving about 3,000 customers, mainly via a reseller channel. Those resellers typically charge 250 bucks a month. He's keeping anywhere between 30 and 50%. So caught minimum 75 bucks per month per customer, doing about two, north of 225 grand per month today. That's about 20% year over year. Uh, healthy growth. Economics, really healthy too. Less than 1% logo churn per month. It's sticky once it's fully integrated, when they do spend directly to acquire a customer, they'll spend maybe 800 bucks to get 250 bucks a month in revenue. So call it a four to five month payback period. Team is totally remote. Lars, thanks for taking us to the top. Thank you very much for having me.